on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. So welcome, everyone. Today we have a special guest with us, Jeff Hines. Jeff is the assistant pastor at the church where my wife and I are members. That's here in Toronto. So welcome, Jeff. Thanks very much, Rand. I'm glad to join the podcast today. Maybe we could just uh, start by having you tell us a bit about your your seminary background, your education, and it wasn't so long ago that you became uh, ordained in our church. Yeah, yeah. Happy to share a, a bit of that story. Uh, it was back in 2013. I was working as an ESL teacher, and my uh, uh, contract ended. I was at George Brown College. I, I knew it was coming, but I, I took it pretty hard and uh, began to ask questions about the career I was in. And um, around the same time, I, I was talking with Kyle Hackman. He's a, a pastor at Grace Toronto Church um, at that time. Mm-hmm. And he encouraged me to uh, try out a seminary course, uh, which struck me as interesting. And I, um, I had ended up uh, taking a night class at Wycliffe College uh, that was Old Testament with uh, Marion Taylor and and uh, I just really enjoyed it. I just I just lit up. It was uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I, I enjoyed reading the Bible, but to to, to delve into the into the um, deep historical context and uh, exegesis and so on. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that that part time uh, turned into uh, uh, deciding to do full time seminary for three years and began an internship with a new church plant in the, in the West End. And really just one thing led to another. Um, so was ordained in 2019 then, and uh, kind of expected that to be a, a ceremony. But I, I, I found really after being ordained, just this strong desire to uh, preach Jesus. Uh, but that was really... Uh, that really struck me like before and after the ordination. And so hmm. uh, that, that, that's been just a tremendous pleasure and honor to, uh, to um, preach the gospel at uh, Grace West mm-hmm. uh, since then. Yeah. So you've been ordained. And for some listeners, that word ordination, basically Paul talks about it, doesn't he, in the New Testament about hands being laid on as a, a sign yeah. of of God's uh, commissioning and the spirits filling, you know, by other pastors and elders of the yes. church. So yes, yeah, just yeah. A, a absolute uh, affirmation and encouragement and mm-hmm. uh, like sense of inward calling that I had, but to to have that inward calling um, affirmed and publicly, uh, mm-hmm. just a, a tremendous encouragement and a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in past episodes, we won't get off on a tangent on this, but how important to have pastors who are formally educated, obviously pastors who love Jesus, who are filled with the Spirit, who, who live godly lives and, and want to serve Him. But then beyond that, you know, having some formal education in reading the Scriptures and interpreting the Scriptures. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just wonderful that, that the church looks for men who are not only godly following Jesus, but also uh, trained formally in the scriptures. Well, maybe we should just jump 
right into our topic or we're going to chew up our, our time. You know, you preached, well, now it's a, a couple months back about the resurrection yeah. of Jesus. You, yeah. you, you had uh, as your text a portion of First Corinthians chapter 15, that great chapter where Paul is explaining not only our resurrection as believers in Jesus, but the importance of, of Jesus, that after he died on the cross, he was raised up on the third day, that his body was actually uh, given life. Mm-hmm. And um, I recall you were explaining how the resurrection of Jesus really gives us us hope. It gives us hope uh, today. What, what were some of the, or maybe the main takeaway, as you were kind of looking at 1 Corinthians 15 and putting your thoughts together and, and speaking to the gathered congregation, what what did you want us to take away from, from, from your sermon? Yeah, really, really dwelling on the word hope uh, mm-hmm. and thinking about how we tend to use the word hope, with, is, which is a very much this, uh, this world, this life, um, uh, hope in my circumstances getting better and, and so on. Um, and, and just struck by what, what the word of God is saying in this passage is that that hope is not enough. It's not enough. A hope that is merely in this life is not enough given the, like you take a hard look at the kind of world that we live in and it, it is um, untenable to, to, to live with a kind of um, hope that is like a, like a simple optimism uh, or, or a, a naive optimism. And so what I hear uh Paul, the, the apostle in this passage, um, he, he's, he's challenging that, that if hope is for this life only, uh, then, then uh, we, are, we are to be pitied. Um, mm-hmm. And calling the church to a hope that is uh, firmly uh, grounded uh, in the life to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hope that is looking to the, to the life to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as the as the hope that we need to to live in our life now, looking looking forward to our uh, the promises that uh, God gives us in the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a tricky word, isn't it, in the English language? I've always, as I've had to preach or to or to teach, you know, hope in the English language. We, we know what is it in the Greek and in the Hebrew, but in the English language, you know. I hope I can go fishing tomorrow. You know, I, I hope that the Toronto Blue Jays uh, mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. the tournament. Uh, right, right. Hope, it just seems, yeah, when we try to word it in a Christian way, to have Christian hope, mm-hmm. I don't know. How, how would you say it's it's quite a bit different, uh, actually, a Christian hope versus just sort of, I hope that. I, I, I wishfully hope for something to happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Um our English usage and how we use it in conversation is is different from how how the how the, the word of God uses it, or it's it's nuanced. Um, mm-hmm. I think about uh, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament that talks about it. Actually, it's very helpful. It gives us a definition of hope that mm-hmm. that the author says. Now, hope is the assurance of things not seen, mm-hmm. and that and that word assurance. I think brings in the the biblical view of hope as compared to a uh, sort of watered down um, 
notion of, or, or maybe not, you know, just the, mm-hmm. call it conversational hope, um, mm-hmm. to, be, to be fair, um, in, in how we often use that word. Uh, rather, biblical hope is the assurance, the assurance of things mm-hmm. not seen. It's a, yeah, conviction, an assurance, and and rooted in 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 God, who who does not lie, and His Word, which is always true, and in the actions <laughs> He has done in history. I mean, our our hope is rooted in actual, concrete historical actions that 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 God did for us and did for His ancient people, Israel, also. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. indeed, yes. Um, yeah. An, an assurance that is that is tied to evidence. Mm-hmm. Tied to evidence, tied to God, His His character, faithful and true. His um, yeah, His actions in history and actions in Jesus. That just as Jesus died for our sins, so certainly He was raised on the third day. All part of mm-hmm. part of the mm-hmm. gospel. Well, maybe mm-hmm. let's just go to that um, that passage, the the First Corinthians uh, fifteen. Maybe you could yeah. just read some of the verses most listeners probably aren't sitting there with an open bible they're they're listening in the car or while they're walking or exercising just maybe read some of those verses to, yeah. to start us off certainly uh so from first corinthians chapter 15 beginning verse one here now brothers and sisters i want to remind you of the gospel i preached to you which you received and on which you've taken your stand By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And then uh, picking up at verse 12, jumping ahead a bit. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Uh, And later verse 17 says, if Christ, if, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, you were just saying that so much of our society uh, today is 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 without hope there's just a whole lot of pessimism uh, i recall you saying you, you you gave some examples how in north america not only in canada but of course in the states and in other parts of the world there's just mm-hmm. seems to be more pessimism around than than optimism uh-huh. um yeah. how do you sense that pe- pessimism uh, in your dealing with people today yeah, well, I, I sense it um, a, a lot from the media that we that we uh, listen to and read. Um, I subscribe to McLean's magazine and uh, just sort of helps me have my finger on the pulse of Canadian culture and and uh, public dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there, there have, over uh, the past years, there's been a number of feature articles um, about hope. Uh, it's it really striking because this is so much um, at the heart of Christian faith and, and, and like existentially uh, what, it, what it means to live in the Christian faith is to live as a people of hope. 
Uh, and here's here here are these articles by um, secular journalists who are wrestling with hope and how can we live with hope and as I mean especially um, looking to uh, environmental degradation it is an absolute uh, persistent theme in our in our media and uh, public dialogue and I I listen to BBC um, global news podcast as well and um, it's it's uh, Reliably, I mean, of course, you, you, Ukraine is um, has been uh, has been the headline for all, all the past months. But nevertheless, uh, generally over the years, um, in, in these past years, you, we can you can count on um, uh, an environmental de- degradation feature uh, every couple of days, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. In this, and and I talk with uh, friends and neighbors who um are are very concerned about this issue specifically and how do we where is where is hope so there's a kind of malaise uh on our on our culture and uh, civic civic discourse right now yeah yeah and just the whole <laughs> right the last two three years maybe especially too with with politics yeah so much uh anger i mean there's always i mean since the founding of of canada since the founding of the united states i mean there's always been political battles and struggles but sort of the level of personal attack and vindictiveness um how that's just been raised to 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 high levels yes yeah gosh it's not just the environment it's well and it is authoritarian politics that we see Mm -hmm. as uh um, growing around the world, um, uh, it's it's the um, these mass refugee movements. Um, I was struck by uh, another article that I read was covering um, a book recently published that was by a Canadian um, author named Britt Ray, and her book is titled Generation Dread. Just that mm. title itself is so so telling that this that 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 title would resonate Mm -hmm. uh with a a lot of people right now generation dread Um, generation dread yeah the millennial generation the generation x and y and z but then hey today is it generation dread that that young people are just being filled with all kinds of fears not that some of these fears i suppose aren't legitimate that there's mm-hmm. legitimate concern, but to sort of cross that line into heavy, heavy anxiety. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, Britt Ray, um, she has her uh, doctorate and studies the intersection between um, climate change and mental health. Mm. Uh, so it's it's very much uh, a mental health um, concern for for many, and uh, mm-hmm. and so that that is a part of this. Uh, hope malaise that mm-hmm. I think we're we're hearing and re- reading about, and uh, mm-hmm. it's and within the church experiencing ourselves too. Let's let's be honest that we're not mm-hmm. we're not um, untouched by these things. Mm-hmm. So as we would zoom out on on First Corinthians fifteen and try to you know, and you looking you read some verses from it. How how does the fact that Jesus not only died for our sins as the atoning sacrifice, but he was mm-hmm. raised from the dead, how does that practically, existentially 
change us? Uh, how does that work, w- would you say? Or how does it work for you when you, when a believer really understands that, that Jesus not only died, paid for our sins, but then he was mm-hmm. raised on the third day. His body came back to life. How does that how does that make a difference in how we're living then today? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a huge question. And that, and uh, that, that has to be the question <laughs> at a certain point, like how does it, how does it touch down? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, and dwelling on, on it in, in this sermon and what I, what I see in the text here is, is not just a, not just like a heavenly transaction where, um, you have this sin debt, which is, uh, you know, against you and that, but the debt has been settled and now you're, you're debt free. Not just a transaction, um, is in front of us in, in, in first Corinthians 15, but more than that, a story, it's a story. Mm. Um, Andrew Del Banco is the, the name of an American historian. He's written a book that's titled, a meditation on hope and he talks about how how human beings need need to organize our, our individual life experiences into a story uh, we are we are we are storytelling story listening um, creatures and we it's, it's not just entertainment but we actually deeply need story and we need to um, we need to see ourselves as a part of a story. And when that, when that story is leading somewhere, uh, when it is leading uh, to a hopeful and a hopeful outcome, then that, that story, again, is not just entertainment, but it is, it is hope generating. Uh, it is hope instilling. Mm-hmm. And so when the passage talks about... Um, for example, verse verse twenty two says, uh, "For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive." That Christ is risen from the dead, and all who are in Christ, all who are believing in Jesus, uh, all who are walking with Him by faith, all will be made alive with their, with their, with a. Uh, flesh and blood resurrection body like his and a new creation now that is a story <laughs> that's a story that is that you that you're you're meant to you're meant to find your life in uh mm-hmm. or, or or rather uh god is uh weaving your life story into this grand story mm-hmm. which is um resoundingly hopeful um Mm-hmm. And so that that is that is how um, in a in a nutshell mm-hmm. how we can see this as a as a hope generating mm-hmm. uh, story that uh, mm-hmm. God is holding out to us in the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you said and I can recall you know we won't talk about your past sermon but even now as we're thinking about stories and our life being part of of that story, Jesus' story, his death, his burial, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. resurrection, that story becomes our story. Um, you know, that word story, I think when we use it sometimes, people might think, oh, so you got this, what, this Aesop's fable, this uh, 
happy ending story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I guess by story, you don't mean a, a made up kind of thing or a, a crafted thing that we are tweaking. You're talking about real events that happened. It, it, it's yeah, a story yeah. yep. <laughs> based yep. on factual events that occurred and. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, um, like it's, it, it's easy to overlook that the word story is, is, uh, a part of the word history. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times we can tend to hear the word story and, and, and think, Oh, fictional, mm-hmm. but no, uh, not, um, when we talk about the gospel story, mm. um, or gospel narrative, um, we are we are talking about a true, true account of what God has done uh, in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and what and what uh, has has been begun in Jesus. What God will do uh, for the rest of of the, of the creation mm-hmm. uh, to raise all who belong to Him and to and to. Uh, usher in a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And, and that is uh, just as we hear the word history and we, we, we know that this is um, f- um, based on facts, that it is mm-hmm. uh, evidenced and researched and re- reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so too, the gospel story is one that is uh, firmly based on evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, I think that's that, important yeah. to, because I think even me, when I hear the word story, yeah, like you said, you, you can easily think fiction, but uh, there's nonfiction stories. There's real yeah. happening events, life events of people who lived. There's biography, there's autobiography, there's yeah. there's real um, events as part of this gospel story. Mm-hmm. And it really is a story, isn't it? I, I mean... God doesn't just thunder these things from the sky, spiritual truths. Someone the other day was just saying, well, it's important to have faith. But but by that, he's not a believer. He just sort of meant, you know, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. <laughs> Keep your chin up. <laughs> have faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes even faith in Jesus, if people don't know better, can sound like, yeah, just have an optimistic attitude. Don't worry. Be happy. Ha- have that inner faith. Great. Yeah, but but this is rooted in a in a real story of Jesus' historical death and his historical um, resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. Say, maybe you could read um, some more of the verses from First um, Corinthians fifteen that you know Paul saw Jesus in that vision. Jesus spoke to Paul. Um, the other apostles who were going out preaching you know, knew the real historical Jesus. They, yep, they saw yep. him, they lived with him. They, they saw him crucified and they saw him alive. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so maybe just share some of that from first Corinthians 15, what Paul goes on to say uh, there. Would that be picking up in verse, verse three, Rand? Okay. Well, yeah, wherever you want to, or I'm thinking maybe verse uh, 14, 15 down a little further about yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Picking up in verse 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, if in fact 
the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. Such such strong words that if Jesus' body actually stayed in the grave, that his body disintegrated like all other human bodies, you know, on this earth for now, if it never came back to physical life, Paul says, well, that all his preaching was useless and, and that yeah. our faith, our belief in Jesus would be useless. Yeah. Uh, your, yeah. your thoughts on, on that? Well, it's useless and it, it's, it's worse than, worse than useless because it's all, it's all uh, deceiving people. It's all... Mm. Get, you know, getting people to um, believe in something and based on that make costly decisions. Like, you know, give, you give away your money, you, you uh, take personal risk to um, obey Jesus in, in ways that are difficult and costly and you, uh, you stay in difficult relationships and, you, um, all, and, and you, you turn the other cheek and you love your enemy and all, all kinds of things that are are um, so costly and so and the Christian life is a difficult life according to the New Testament mm-hmm. um, and and if, and if Jesus was not raised then it's all a, an utter waste mm-hmm. and you really ought to have uh, lived your life just you know trying to maximize your comfort and pleasure uh, that, that would have been a better a better choice a better way to live if mm-hmm if Jesus is not raised, if the gospel is, is not true. Mm-hmm. It, it's such an answer to more modernistic churches. And, and you know there are churches out there and pastors out there who've gotten their MDiv degrees and have studied. They just kind of say, well, no, nobody was raised. Um, it was just uh, <laughs> the disciples, the apostles now had a mystical experience of Jesus and their faith was resurrected. They now had new energy, but... Right, Paul right. does seem to be saying, if that body did not come back to life again, forget it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't yeah. turn this into sort of positive thinking. It's it's no. it's rooted in the reality. No, that's right. That's right. The the New Testament just drives this home so emphatically that it's a mm-hmm. our our hope is is based in the the risen flesh and blood body of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that as he has been raised, so so we too uh, will will follow in the mm-hmm. day of in, in the day of resurrection. Yes. Well, hey, thanks for starting this conversation. This is just part one. We're going to have uh, part two next week, where we'll hear uh, some more. But just again, uh, to remind uh, those listening that uh, Jesus did die. The gospel says it was to atone for our sins, to make that payment, to satisfy God's wrath. But as you explained, Jeff, it, it, it's more than that. It, his resurrection from the dead also gives us a real reason to uh, live for Jesus, to suffer for Jesus, to endure for Jesus, um, to do these things that faithful believers have been doing now for 2,000 years in, in, in mm-hmm. his name, because Jesus' body did come back. Uh, to life again. Well, there's so much more in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, and we'll just have to uh, continue in in part two. So thanks, Jeff. That's been a pleasure, Rand. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down. Thank you.